Hello. Welcome to Monday Thursday Worship with Silverdale Lutheran Church. We are so, so glad that you are here. And we are so thankful that during this time of trial and pandemic, we can continue to meet here online. We are so glad to see you as we begin these three days of reconciliation and forgiveness. Let us center our hearts and minds for worship. The Holy Spirit calls us together as people of God. Let us confess our sins and hear forgiveness. Friends in Christ, in this Lenten season, we have heard the questions of Jesus. We have heard our Lord's call to struggle against sin, death, and the devil, all that keeps us from loving God and each other. We were called at baptism into this struggle. Friends, I want you to know that God never wearies of forgiving our sin and giving the peace of reconciliation. Let us confess our sin against God and our neighbor and enter this celebration of the great three days reconciled to God and to each other. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought and word and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Friends, in the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. You are forgiven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Eternal God, in the sharing of a meal, your Son established a new covenant for all people, and in the washing of feet, he showed us the dignity of service. Grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these signs of our life in faith may speak again to our hearts, feed our spirits, and refresh our bodies. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
The Gospel of John, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Sir, now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of his world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Jadis, Israel Scott. <laughs> oh, Iscariot. Iscariot. Sim Simon. Simon's son to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given 
all things into his hands, and that he had come from God, and he was going back to God. Rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments and, and take to town, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am going to do, what I am doing, you do not understand now. But afterward, you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet, only but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one you it has bath doesn't not does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew was to was to betray him. That is why he said. Not all of you are clean. Okay, Anya. For he, when? when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked. Them and you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should all, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed to do them. Let's see, you too. I'm sorry, I forgot what the next one was. 31. Okay. 31. Okay. And now we go to 31. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. God is glorified. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, 
Love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Praise to you, O Christ. Hello. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. What beautiful instructions from Jesus that come at the end of our reading for today. As I have loved you, you also should love one another. These words go to the heart of why we are gathered together here on this Monday Thursday of Holy Week. When I was little, I thought this phrase was actually Monday Thursday. It's not, clearly. Mondi comes from the Latin word for command, as in, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. In our story from John today, Jesus does something incredibly loving for his disciples. He washes their feet. Let's look a little more deeply into this story. It takes place in and around the city of Jerusalem. 2,000 years ago, much like today, Jerusalem was a dusty and crowded place. It was especially busy at Passover, a festival marking the time when God had saved the Jewish people from slavery in Egypt. If you have some time, I commend to you Exodus 12 in the Old Testament. This is the story of God instructing the Jewish people to paint lamb's blood on their doorways so that death would literally pass over their homes. So at the Passover festival, Jerusalem grows to about six times its normal size. Its narrow dirt streets are full of people there are no rooms at the inns. Little campsites pop up all over the city, and the passageways are packed with people looking for something to eat. Jesus and his 12 disciples are among this crowd, too. They have a plan. It doesn't tell us this story here in John, but we know from our other Gospels that Jesus tells two of his disciples to go into the city, that a man carrying a jug of water will find them. Follow him, Jesus says, and he will take you to a large upstairs room that is furnished and ready for us. There you can make preparations for our supper. So the disciples did as Jesus said, and everything happened as he said it would. Imagine now these 12 disciples and Jesus gathered in this upper room of cool stone and stucco. It's probably quite dark. There are only small oil lamps to light it. A low table is set for a meal. 
Jesus and his disciples kneel around it. Suddenly, Jesus stands up, removes his outer robe, which is sort of like a poncho, and he ties a towel around his waist. He pours water into a basin and moves to wash the disciples' feet. Now, washing feet would not have been out of the ordinary in this time. In this climate and in this culture, feet got dirty. On dry days, they were dusty, and on rainy days, they were covered with mud. So every home had an, a basin at its entrance full of water where people could wash their feet. The task of feet washing would normally fall to a slave, probably the lowest ranking slave in the household. But in John 13, it is Jesus, the leader, the teacher, the highest ranking person in the room who washes the feet. Imagine how this role reversal <coughs> might have affected the disciples. Imagine that this teacher, this leader, who had called them away from their homes and their families and their jobs, who had stood up to the religious authorities, who had attracted crowds of thousands of people with his preaching and teaching, who had healed lepers and raised disabled people to their feet, who had brought people back from the dead and walked on water? This man now knelt before them, gently splashing water over their dusty, tired feet and drying them with a soft towel. Clearly, Jesus washed the feet of several disciples who had nothing to say about it. Our text does not tell us that they had anything to say today. And I imagine they sat in stunned silence, perhaps left speechless by this act of love from their friend and teacher. But then, of course, it's Peter. It's Peter who speaks up. Don't you just love him? Bold and brash and impulsive. First, he asked this question, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Can't you just hear how incredulous he is? And Jesus answers as if to assure him, you do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. As if to say, just trust me, Peter. But Peter can't quite go there yet. And he makes this declaration, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus again patiently answers, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. As if to say, trust me here, Peter, this is something you want to be a part of. And again, it seems to dawn on Peter finally that though it's unconventional and probably uncomfortable, Jesus will wash his feet. And now he's all in, now demanding cleansing for more than just his feet. And one more time, note this is the third time. Jesus gently corrects Peter. Trust me, you will be wholly, completely clean if I bathe your feet. 
And then, as if to acknowledge the current reality of his situation, Jesus notes that someone, someone will betray him. This phrase in verse 11 broke something open in me a few nights ago as I pondered it. Jesus washed the feet of Judas Iscariot. Jesus, knowing what was to happen, knowing what was coming, knowing the pain and the suffering that was ahead of him for his very human, very vulnerable body, knelt before Judas Iscariot, washed his feet, gently dried them with a towel, cradled them in his hands. He restored the, he lovingly restored the feet of Judas which would carry him to betray Jesus. Think about that for a minute. Jesus washed the feet of Judas Iscariot. After Jesus, Jesus washed the disciples' feet, he returned to the table and brought his message home. He had enacted his love with washing their feet and now he wants them to have language for what has just happened. Do you know what I have done for you? He asks. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set an example that you also should do as I have done for you. <coughs> I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. A few days ago, I heard an interview on the radio with a man named Terence Lester. He is the founder of a nonprofit organization in Atlanta, Georgia. It's called Love Beyond Walls. Love Beyond Walls serves people experiencing homelessness in the Atlanta area. As a teenager, Lester had lived on the street for a time, so he understands the challenges of that life. He understands how hard it is to keep clean. Right now in this pandemic, the places where these folks usually can wash, bathrooms in public buildings and restaurants, churches and stores, those places are closed. And these people are scared. Scared that with nowhere to wash, they will get and spread COVID too. So Love Beyond Walls is installing portable sinks throughout that city. If you camp, you probably recognize these sinks. They hold about 10 gallons of water and you have to pump a foot pedal to get the water to flow. The sinks have soap dispensers and a little drain to remove the dirty water. They give people experiencing homelessness a place to wash their hands and possibly prevent a coronavirus infection. 
The journalist interviewing Lester on the radio noted this connection between his hand-washing project and the biblical story of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. With Holy Week coming up, she said, I can't help but think about this. There's something really spiritual about this as we're coming into Easter. Lester answered, in the ways of Jesus, I just want to show compassion to my neighbor. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What does it mean to you to love one another? I think for many of us, loving one another means doing something. In normal times, we could enact this love. We could do something to show our love. We could hug another person or bake them their favorite pie. We could even tell them face to face from less than six feet that we love them. We could take a trip together or have a cup of coffee or go for a walk. And it's so odd, right? It's downright strange and funky to think that loving others, even close friends, even family, means simply staying away from them, staying home, staying off the roads and out of the stores, away from the gyms and the libraries and the coffee shops and the movie theaters and the parks, <sighs> hardest of all, perhaps away from church. The bottom line is loving people these days means being away from them. Well, that and washing our hands. In just a few minutes, you will have some time in this service to wash hands your own, or perhaps the hands of someone else if you are worshiping with someone. You are invited to splash water on them, to dry them with a towel, to even rub some oil or lotion on them. You will be reminded to be gentle, to love yourselves, and to love one another. You will be reminded that in your baptism, you were named and claimed by God as a beloved child. You will be reminded that in Jesus' death and resurrection, you are cleansed of sin, redeemed and restored. As children of God, beloved, blessed and forgiven by him, you are invited into this space of loving others. You are invited to let the love of God in Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit flow through you and into other people. You are children of this promise from John 13, verse 1. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them until the end. Amen.
Brothers and sisters in Christ, at the heart of Maundy Thursday is Jesus' command to love one another. Just as Jesus washed his disciples' feet, we are called to humbly serve one another. As a way to remember this act and to remind ourselves to treat ourselves and each other with gentleness, you are invited now to wash hands or feet. You may wash your own hands, or if you are worshiping with someone, you may wash each other's hands. As you do, you may repeat the words of Jesus, as I have loved you, so you should love one another. As I have loved you, so you should love one another. I have loved you, so you should love one another.
turning our hearts to God who is gracious and merciful. We pray now for the church, the world, and all those in need. God of love, unite your church in its commitment to humble service. Make us your faithful disciples. Speak words of truth and grace through us. Let us love as you have loved us, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God of love, tend to the flocks, fields, and vineyards. Bring favorable weather for crops to grow. Guide the hands of those who cultivate, farm, and garden. Let the earth flourish so that all may eat and be satisfied. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God of love, you give us a new commandment, to have love for one another. We give thanks for those responding across our world to the coronavirus. Keep us in health and safety. Walk with them and bring comfort and stamina. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God of love, give ear to all who call upon you for any need of body or spirit. Provide for those who do not have enough to eat, those who are unemployed or underemployed, and those who rely on the generosity of others, especially in this uncertain time of economic instability. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of love, you invite us to your table of mercy. Heal all divisions between members of this assembly. Extend the hospitality of this table beyond these walls that you love and welcome and that your love and welcome be made known to all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always and also with you.
Let us pray. Compassionate God, we offer these gifts as signs of our time and labor. Receive the offering of our lives and feed us with your grace, that in the midst of death, all creation might feast on your unending life. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. After Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers together with police from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they came there with lanterns and torches, and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, Whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. 
When Jesus said to them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Whom are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into its sheath. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the soldiers, their officer, and the Jewish police arrested Jesus and bound him.